The story of Martha and Mary. Chapter 10, starting in verse 38. As they continued their journey, Jesus entered a village where a woman whose name was Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary who sat beside the Lord at his feet, listening to him speak. Martha, burdened with much serving, came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me by myself to do the, to do the serving? Tell her to help me. The Lord said to her in reply, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken from her. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we were to sit down and discuss the, what the events of September 11, 2001 meant to each of us, we get as many different meanings as there are men that are gathered here this morning. And for each of us individually, the meaning of the events of that day have likely changed as the years have passed. Stories are often given as a means to teach us. The writer having experienced or having come to understand about something, attempts to explain what that experience or meaning is for him and that it may be for us. And yet, like anything that we experience, the meaning can be as wide and varied as those who hear it. This is the beauty of the Gospels. The Gospels are a collection of stories taken from the life of Jesus. And it is through these stories that the message that God has for each of us individually is conveyed. In reading the story of Martha and Mary, like all the stories in the Gospels, our goal should be to try to understand what the Lord is trying to help us understand through the story. Each of us will have to discover this for ourselves, Because what God is trying to help me understand may not be what he's trying to help you to understand. And so today... I'm going to share with you the message that God has conveyed to me in the story of Martha and Mary, and perhaps in doing so, it may help you to understand the message the Lord is giving to you. This particular story has been always difficult for me to understand. We've all heard the adage, be a Mary, not a Martha. Usually, when we hear that, the depth of what that means does not come in, into our psyche. 
We don't think about it. We don't dwell on it. What is a Mary? What is a Martha for us in our life? How can I be a Mary and not a Martha unless I understand what that means? When I've asked this question to others, I received uh, variations on the theme. Well, what it means is you need to be a spiritual person. Jesus told Martha only one thing. One thing is needed. And what I'm told is that what that one thing is, is to be spiritual. Well then, does this mean that my focus should be on devotions, on scripture, reading, on prayer, and disregard the job that puts food on my family's table? Isn't putting food on the table just what Martha was trying to do? Because you know, I should be a Mary and not a Martha. Certainly disregarding my family and their needs cannot be the meaning of this story that the Lord had for me. So, what was Martha doing that was wrong? Her Lord Jesus had just arrived from a long journey. He was probably hot, tired, and hungry. Martha, being kind and hospitable, was preparing a meal for him. Even in the monastery and in the convent that is devoted to prayer, they still have to stop and prepare meals, serve meals. So what does it mean? The answer, I believe, is not found in what Martha was doing but in Martha's attitude. Insight into this comes if we look closely at the dialogue that Martha and our Lord was having. Martha said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? To which the Lord responded, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. You see, Martha's problem was not in what she was doing. It was in that she was doing it in anxiety. She was worried and anxious and troubled and not at peace with what she was doing. This is a message I see over and over again in the Gospels. Be at peace. Trust in your Heavenly Father. Have faith and know that you are loved. Jesus told his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. God did not create us to be anxious and worried and troubled. God created us to be in peace. No matter the circumstances, But how infrequently 
are we truly at peace? How infrequently are we like little children, simply trusting in our Lord? Our culture and our society thrives on anxiety. We brag about how difficult our life is, how little sleep we get. If we're having a miserable day, we wear it like a badge of honor. We travel to and from work each day with our focus not on the journey that we're on, but on the rush to get there. And then the rush to get home. We rush around so much with so many things on our mind that we, like Martha, complain about what a horrible day we're having in an attempt to bring attention to ourselves. Using the words of Martha, do you not care? While the extent to which we suffer from this cultural malady varies from person to person, None of us are immune. You may have tried to live a life of peace, a life without worry or trouble or anxiety, and have found it difficult. I know I have. I struggle often with my own anxieties, with my own difficulties, and putting the truly important things first the rush, rush, rush of my own life. Recently, I came across and have begun to put into practice a path to peace, a way to slow down, a way not to worry, a way to have trust. It's a path that was laid out by the mystics, and the saints that have gone before us, the spiritual masters of our faith. It's a path that works for me. It may not work for you. But it's a path of living in awareness of the mystery of God that surrounds us every day. It is the gift of looking up into the night sky and seeing not a bunch of massive balls of fire, but seeing the glory and majesty of God, our Creator. It's the gift of sitting in the silent presence of God and experiencing that which words cannot explain. It's the awe and wonder you experience as you contemplate all that had to happen from the time when God said, let there be light until the present moment for the Lord to allow you to look down and gaze upon that pebble lying beside the path you are walking. The psalmist brought this out so beautifully when he wrote, the heavens proclaim the glory of God and the firmament shows forth the work of his hands. Day unto day takes up the story, and night unto night makes known the message. No speech, no word, 
no voice is heard, yet their span extends through all the earth, their words to the utmost bounds of the world. Living in this presence, one is able to expand his vision of the present and learn to be aware of their own actions, their own thoughts, their own words, and their own reactions. In other words, we come to live in awareness. This was a difficulty between Martha and Mary. Martha was anxious over what she was doing. Mary was at peace. You'll make this effort from time to time, a little bit every day. It doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out meditation. It can just be a pause in your day to slow down and be aware of the glory of God that surrounds you in the face of your spouse, in the Lord's creation, in the mystery of life. I assure you that what you will discover is that God's presence in your everyday life will become the rule rather than the exception. You'll become filled with peace and discover that the glory of God resides within you. It's not easy. It's not easy to slow down, to stop and pause and reflect. Think of the the men and the women who participate in Alcoholics Anonymous. It's not easy. But it works. And if you ask anybody to explain to you how it works, they can't answer that question. It just works. Thousands upon thousands of men and women have discovered that Thousands upon thousands of men and women have walked through those doors and have walked out saying, this is all BS, and have died an alcoholic. Because it takes effort. It takes a desire. It takes a personal commitment to wanting to live as a human being as God created you to live. So I encourage you to take the time simply without words to experience the mystery and the glory of God. And you'll begin to discover that you're paying attention to yourself in releasing yourself from the anxieties from the worries and from the troubles that inflict us every day in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit